morning, everyone. How are you today? That's good. For those that you that don't know me, because I see quite a few new faces today, welcome. My name's Leanne, and I'm one of the team here at Riverside, and we are so excited to have you here today. Um, It's, uh, it's good to be here. Uh, who has been enjoying our series on the Summer of Parables? Yeah, it's been good, hasn't it? Well, today we're going to continue on with our series, um, looking at another parable. But um, I really believe that God wants to do something today in your heart. Um, I believe that some of you, um, if not all of you, have been carrying baggage around. You've been carrying past hurts, past traumas, um, past things around in your heart and um, it's impacting your life. It's having, it's having a knock-on effect and for some of you, You've got so used to carrying this extra baggage that it's become part of you. It's become part of who you are. Maybe you don't even know um, that it's there because it just seems so normal to you to be carrying this baggage around with you. And um, today I really hope that um, God brings some clarity to you in that, that he speaks straight into your heart, in that place of your heart, uh, and that he somehow uses my words uh, to speak directly into your heart what you need to hear from God today, because God loves you today, and he wants you to be whole. He wants you to be full, because that's how he created you to be. And, um, and he's going to fight for you, and he doesn't want to settle for anything less you and your life today. So why don't we start by praying. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you are a good, good God, that you love us and that you care for us and that you came to earth so that we could have life to the full. You want so much for us. You've created us for so much, but so often we live under the potential that you've given us. And we, we carry things around that we no longer need to carry around. So God, I just ask you that today, that, that as we, we look at your word, that your word would speak powerfully into people's hearts today. That as people are sitting here today, that um, you are moving in their life, that you are moving your fingerprints across their hearts and you are touching them today and that you are healing them today, that you are restoring them today, and that you are taking some of that baggage away today. So God, I pray for everyone here that today that you would speak to them and that they would walk out of this room lighter today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, one thing that I love about Jesus is that he spoke about the real things of life, like I think, like, if you, like, I often imagine, like, if Jesus were here today, I think he would look straight into my eyes and read me <laughs> and speak straight to those things. Like, I always imagine him, like, 
He's an intense kind of person. Uh, that, that's how, how I see him. But he's someone who you can trust. You look in his eyes and you can immediately trust him. And, um, and he can give you wisdom and guidance for your life that you can bank on. Like you can take it to the bank that what he says will help you. And, um, and he often had these kind of conversations with his disciples Um, So his disciples were a group of people, a group of 12 guys uh, that had decided they were going to follow him and learn about his ways and, and, um, and he actually spent three years with them teaching them everything that he knew. And, um, and we're going to pick up in a particular conversation that Jesus was having with his disciples. It wasn't a conversation he was having with the crowd. It was a conversation that he was having with the people that were close to him, that he could speak at a bit more open, honest level. Um, And this conversation actually comes, we're going to be be talking about the parable of the unmerciful servant. Um, And it's important to know when you're looking at scripture, it's really important to read, um, to understand the meaning of scripture. You know, what goes before and what goes after is a helpful tool for sort of understanding the meaning of things. And before this, um, before Jesus spoke this parable, uh, if you don't know what a parable is, it's, it's like a story that has a meaning um, uh, that, that, you know, like an illustration to explain a point. Um, and in this parable, so, so leading up to this parable, all of the disciples were talking about what do we do if there's a person in the church that's blatantly sinning, not living their life for God and, um, and is causing trouble amongst the community because God is always like, when you ask God what's the most important thing, when, you, when someone asked Jesus what's the most important thing, he said, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength and love one another with yourself. So your relationship with God is not just about your relationship with God. It's about how you treat other people and how you live in community with other people. Uh, and this is of utmost importance to Jesus because he loves the church. He loves everyone that he's created. So he wants us all to treat other people well. And we all know in a world of sin that that doesn't always happen. Uh, but that's his desire for this uh, perfect world where, and that's what heaven is, where we all treat one another well, where we all come along with one another well. But the disciples are sitting there talking about, you know, problems in the church. There's people, maybe people are abusing one another. Like this is, this is a conversation about serious things going on, like um, not, not little bits of gossip or or whatever, but like serious sin, like maybe things like um, incest or abuse or uh, anger or people coming to try and divide people, uh, things that are make, causing problems in the community. And so they're having this conversation and then we're going to pick up uh, with Peter. So we're reading from Matthew 18 uh, verses 21 to 35 and we're going to walk through this parable but the, the parable starts with Peter after having this conversation about everything going wrong in, like in the community and how do we deal with it. Peter just asked, he came to Jesus and he asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or my sister who sins against me up to seven times? Because obviously they were talking about 
people that had caused problems and hurt and, and discord amongst people. Um, and so Peter's like, well, how many times do we forgive them? Like up to seven times? And I'm sure Peter at this stage thought he was being pretty generous. He was thinking, you know, seven times, like that's huge. Because we're talking about like significant hurts here. Um, and and uh, an important thing about this parable is Jesus is speaking in extremes. So you'll see it when we come along. He's exaggerating the story to make an point. So he's, he's making it very clear. Um, and unlike other parables uh, where Jesus kind of says something and you kind of got to interpret it to, to get to the meaning, this one he's speaking to his disciples and he's just going like this story is point blank. This is what it means. The meaning is pretty easy to get. <laughs> um, but it's, it's an exaggerated story. Uh, but its meaning is plain. So, so Peter is saying, well, how many times shall I give, forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. And Jesus is like, no, not seven times, but 77 times. In some translations, it says 70 times seven times. So that's 490 times. But the point is not the number. The point is the extreme. It's about, no, infinitely we are to forgive people. And when you think about the context of this conversation they were having, this is a very hard deal to take because this wasn't little things. This was big things. Um, and so, so Peter is, like, astonished. And um, it's like, whoa, seven times, but 77 times or 490 times or an infinite amount of times, that's how often I've got to forgive people. And then Jesus goes into this story to explain it. Um, and we're going to look at it today. So if we look at verse 23, it says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Now, in those days, again, we're talking in extremes here. So 10,000 bags of gold was equivalent to 20 years of labor. So 20 years of wages, that's how much money he owed. So if you do the sums up in your mind, however much... Um, however much money you earn, times it by 20, and uh, you'll get to the extremes this story is taking. So this man owed him 10,000 bags of gold and was brought to him. But since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. Because in those days, if you couldn't afford... Um, if you couldn't make payments, you lost your freedom and you basically became a slave and everyone in your family became a slave. Now, for those of you that don't know me, I, um, I work in anti-trafficking, so I am very accustomed to people in slavery and it, it is devastating not to have your freedom. It is devastating to have someone else tell you every single thing you can do, when you can sleep, when you can eat, and there's no way out of it. Uh, so this was basically what was going to happen to him, to his wife and his children. Now, if you're someone, if you're uh, a good, good father, you, you care about what happens to your wife, 
you care about what happens to your kid. Like you might take the knock for you, but for it to happen to your family, that's a whole other thing. Like you go in battling. And uh, this man, uh, he, he went in battling. In, and if the story continues, it goes, At this the servant fell on his knees before him. He said, Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt and let him go. What's amazing about this story is, is that the king didn't just say, okay, I'll give you more time to pay it back. He said, don't worry about paying it back. Like he cancelled the debt completely. Can you imagine that? Like... I know um, my family, in Australia, we have this thing called Tats Lotto. It's like the lottery. Um, and I assume there's a lottery here in Portugal, is there? Yeah, yeah. And, and in most countries, there's kind of a lottery where, you know, you pay your two euro every week and you pick your numbers and you can win a million dollars kind of thing or a million euros. Well, wouldn't that be like this? Like, you owe 20 years of your life Your family are facing slavery as well as you. You're going to be tortured in prison until you can find money. And that's what he's looking at. And instead, he begged the master and said, and the master said that, don't worry about paying the money. You're off. You're free to go. How would you feel? I think you'd be feeling pretty joyous. You'd be feeling pretty... Like, whoa, I've just won the lottery. Like, my life, I thought my life was going to be one thing and now it's something different. Like, for me, I would be jumping up and down and uh, telling everyone, like, this, this king did this amazing thing for me and I would be so thankful and so relieved and I'd be running home to tell my wife, we're going to be okay. Running home to tell my kids, we're going to be okay. Uh, But that's unfortunately not what this man did. Instead, uh, as we continue the story, it says, But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. That is the equivalent of three months' work. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. And his fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. What kind of person comes from like winning the lottery to not even being able to share it with someone else? who was in the same situation with him. Like this man had zero compassion, which makes me think about what was was going on in his inner life, in his inner world before before this happened. What was going on? To me, I think he must have been thinking... He must have been thinking... I'm entitled. Maybe the king had left him so long that he thought he'd got away with it and the money was his and the king was never going to come back and settle his accounts. And he got accustomed to a certain lifestyle, but that lifestyle was based on him getting away with stuff that wasn't his to get away with. 
Because we like to get away with stuff, but eventually it catches up with you. And this man, um, you know, his heart must have been in such a place of um, entitlement, like I'm entitled to this money. I'm entitled, sure it's the king's Sure, it's the king's money and I owe him. Maybe he was like an entrepreneur and he'd got this loan and, you know, he'd managed to delay payments for so long that they never asked him anymore. And then when they came to collect it, it was kind of like he'd forgotten that that was what he'd agreed to. But, yeah, this man's heart was in just such a difficult place. It was in a place where he just felt entitled, where he felt like... um, he felt like, I deserve this, but you don't. You know, what's good for me is not good for you. Now, how many times, if we're honest, do we have thoughts like that? Do we reason away what's good for us, but that doesn't apply to other people? We often uh, expect from people uh, not what we do, but what our best intentions are, but we expect our best intentions from other people, even though... They're just our intentions and we don't do them. Anyway, this man was, was, having, was having a day and he didn't treat this person with compassion. He didn't treat them with the forgiveness that he had just got. He treated this person with meanness uh, and he was actually, he actually choked him, it says, uh, which means that this man was very violent and angry. And when you have a heart of anger... You're going to mistreat people. You're go- whether you mean it or not, you're going to mistreat people. Uh, and this man was angry and violent towards this person that owed him three months of wages versus the 20 years of wages he'd just been forgiven. So, of course, everyone was in uproar about this. When the servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. As you would. Like, if you saw this happen unfold in front of you, what would you say? What would you say if you saw someone that had just won Tats Lotto and then they're, like, not helping someone with a bag of food? What would you do? So then the master called the servant in and said, you wicked servant, he said, I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, the master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could be paid back, until he could pay back all that he owed. The problem for this man was usually what happened when you were in jail you were tortured uh, because I I think it's strange. Like, why would he be in jail until he could pay back all that he owed? Because he can't because he's in jail. But what happened in jail in those days were if you were sent to jail, you would be tortured and they would get information out of you about maybe where you've got hidden money stored or um, friends that you can get to help you. But the problem is, is this man has just alienated all his friends. He's not able to get people. Maybe he had hidden money somewhere, but it wasn't enough. So he was stuck in this place where he was going to have to pay back all the tats lotto, all that got taken away from him. 
and um, all because he couldn't be merciful to someone else. And um, if we continue on, because Jesus has just told this whole story, and then he, he gives the clincher. He says, this is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. And I think it's interesting here that it says, from your heart, because this is clearly a heart matter. It's clearly a what's going on in your self-talk to make you feel more entitled to something than someone else is. What's going on in your heart to make you angry and violent towards other people and that's okay. You know, what's going on in your heart that means that you can be treated one way but not for other people to be treated that way. What's going on in your heart that makes you more important than everyone else? Uh, I think that's what the crux of the conversation is here. Like, you can be forgiven, but why can't you forgive others? And this is the story of all of us in this room. Because really, we have all been forgiven. Jesus has come and died on the cross and he has forgiven us of our sin. We have sinned against him, the perfect God. And we have, we have hurt him. We have hurt people around us because of our sin. And yet um, we hold on to hurts of people that have hurt us. And we measure them with this yardstick and we measure ourselves with this one. You know, God calls us to a life of forgiveness of forgiving people that have hurt us. And this is the baggage that I want to talk to you about today, the baggage that you're carrying of people that have hurt you, that you're not letting go of. And maybe they've hurt you so badly that it's become part of your life. It's become part of who you are. It's just become an everyday thing. But the problem is with carrying baggage and with carrying forgiveness is it ties you back to a situation that happened and you can never really truly move on for it. And God wants more from you from that. Like this man, once he was forgiven uh, and, um, and the, the debt cancelled, he was able to move on. He was able to move on to his life. But because of unforgiveness in his heart, it tied him straight back to that situation and he was never really truly able to get out of it. Because his actions in his heart tied him back to that. He was never able to move on from it. So I want to ask you today, what are you not able to move on from? What's the things going on in your heart that God wants to deal with today? Because I actually want to create some time today for you to give them to God and just examine your own heart and go, God, are there people that I need to forgive and the simple reason we need to forgive is because God has forgiven us. In this story, you are the man with the $10,000 debt. That's you. That's who you are in this story. That's who the disciples were in this story. But hopefully your story has a different ending. Hopefully your story, when you walk out of that, that room and you've just found that your debt has been cancelled, 
Hopefully yours is an attitude of thankfulness. Hopefully yours is an attitude of grace. Hopefully yours is an attitude of forgiveness. To treat others as God has treated you. Not treat others as you would want to be treated yourself, but as God would treat you. Because God's a better yardstick. God's a better, better measure. You know, and these, these are not easy things to do. We're not talking about simple things today. We're talking about hard things. But God wants you to do the hard things. It's part of following faith. It's part of examining your heart and, you know, sitting down face-to-face with Jesus. I hope each of you right now in your mind are sitting there having a conversation with Jesus and going, what's going on in my heart? Where do I need to forgive? Who do I need to forgive? Am I still back there in that situation? Am I carrying it around? Am I reminding myself of it daily? or every month, or every year? Does it keep coming up again? Because God wants you freer than that. He didn't just, cancel, he didn't just um, say, I'll give you more time to pay it back. He completely cancelled the debt. And that's what he did on the cross when he died for you for your sins. He cancelled the debt. He didn't make you have to pay what was just for you to have to pay. He paid it himself and then said, your debt is cancelled. You are free because of him. And God wants to do something amazing for you. You know, the forgiveness that we've received from Jesus is not just cheap grace. Because sometimes we go, well, God, you know, he's God. It's easy for him. But it wasn't easy for him. It cost him his son. It cost Jesus his life. And he did that for you. It's not cheap grace that we find in the forgiveness from God. And nor is it cheap grace that we need to give to other people. You know, it's hard. It's hard to forgive people, but this is the life God calls us to. You know, God has already forgiven you for every mistake you have ever made and every mistake you will make in all of your life. Will you forgive that person that hurt you for that one thing? Maybe those 10 things or those 7 things or those 70 things or those 490 things? Will you forgive them? You know, in following Jesus, we, we are called to follow the path of forgiveness. It even comes up in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew six twelve. It says in the Lord's Prayer, it says part of the prayer is forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. This is something that God says, pray this daily. You know, forgive, forgive, forgive. We're called to forgive. Now, one of the things that, that I would say is by holding on, for, on to forgiveness, what you are essentially saying is that you are more powerful than God. And we know that's not true. But we say that by holding on to forgiveness because, and and why does that make you really think that you are more powerful than God? It's because you are denying that God's way is best. God's way is clearly the way of forgiveness. He models it. We follow Jesus, so we follow him in forgiveness. You know, God's way is best, but we often think our way is best. Like, oh, well, this didn't happen to Jesus, so therefore... Um, it doesn't apply in this situation. I'm special. God couldn't want me to let that person off the hook. 
But what we're really saying when we forgive someone, and sometimes it's our understanding of forgiveness that gets us in the that gets in the way, because we think um, forgiveness is letting someone off the hook. It's letting them get away with it. But what it's saying is, it's really saying is, God, I trust you with the final outcome. I trust you to be the just judge in this situation. And if you choose to forgive them, that's okay, because you have forgiven me of everything I've ever done. So I trust you to deal with it. But if you're saying that God can't be trusted with the final outcome, then that's not really trusting God at all. You know, God wants to us to forgive. We're called to forgive. It's part of our Christian life. Now, forgiveness is not forgetting. Two different things. Um, you know, we often hear people say, oh, forgive and forget, pretend like it never happened. No. That's not what forgiveness is saying. Forgiveness is saying I'm letting them off my my need for justice. I'm going to trust God to be the just one. He's a better judge than me anyway. But it doesn't mean you forget, nor does it mean that you allow the wrong to continue. You know, forgiveness is not like this meek kind of pushover thing. It takes strength to forgive. It's hard to forgive. But God causes us, uh, asks us to forgive anyway. And it takes, it's the hard things of life to forgive, but God wants us to do it. But it's not about forgetting that things happened. It's not about letting that hurt to continue. In fact, this whole story started out with talking about bad things that were going on in churches and, and disciples having to deal with them. And I know with my job, I, I, I have to deal with people doing bad things and um, not allowing it to continue. You know, sometimes as a result of forgiveness, relationships will end. It doesn't mean that you have to continue relationship with that person that's doing whatever they're doing to you. You know, if you can reconcile, that's great, but your role is to forgive it's not to continually put yourself in that situation where that person can keep hurting you. Um, and this is really important when we talk about uh, survivors of human trafficking because they can't keep putting themselves in situations where they're going to be um, forced into prostitution over and over again, be put into a place where they're being abused again and again. No, no but forgiveness is still an essential part of what they need to go through to heal because otherwise it's like they're carrying that person that abused them on their shoulder for the rest of their life and they can never really let it go because you're constantly carrying around the hurt and forgiveness is your way to deal with the hurt. It's your way to give it to God. And say, God, this is yours. Which can be a hard thing when it's something you've been really hurt and it's so close to your heart. But forgiveness is such a key thing to be able to give it to God and say, I'm going to relinquish this. This is yours now. Uh, it's really important. Forgiveness is trusting God with justice. You know, 
It's to receive, gra- to receive grace is to acknowledge that you yourself can't live up to the standard of justice. And so to demand it for others is to undercut the very grace that makes your life possible. You know, if you have a relationship with Jesus, if you've decided to say, yes, I'm going to follow you with everything on the cross, then forgiveness is the path that you got there because he forgave you. And so therefore we walk in his path and follow him. And that's what made your life possible, the way that you live it now, that you've received forgiveness now because of what he did on the cross. But you can't then go and deny that to other people. We're called to forgive. At the core, we're bumping into the fundamental principle of the kingdom of God. Our relationship with God is always connected with our relationship with others. You know, your relationship with God is not just between you and God. It's about how you treat other people in your community around you. It's how you forgive people. You know, this is part of the hard yards of following Jesus. It's not always easy but we're called to it. It's part of an outworking of the forgiveness that we have received. It's part of the, the, the winning the lottery deal that we've got is to uh, pay it forward onto others. You know, forgiveness is often a process. You know, um, I know um, in my life I've told this story before, but um, 15 years ago, I was married and my husband said that he didn't want to be married anymore. In fact, um, he didn't love me, uh, didn't think he ever did, and he didn't want to be married anymore, Um, which was extremely hard to hear and uh, extremely hard to work through. And I had to forgive him for that. But I also found that then later on, I'd... I'd realise, oh, this has impacted me in another way. Like when it came to, you know, selling up the house, selling all your furniture, selling everything, it was kind of like, oh, now I need to forgive you for this as well because I didn't realise it had this impact on me. And then later on you find that it has another impact on you. And, and then I had to forgive him for that. So, so forgiveness is not like okay, I've forgiven you in this one thing. It's like as you work through um, stuff with God, as you work through your hurt and you give it to God, you'll realise different areas where hurt has impacted you and you can give that to God, forgive that person for that and keep moving on. But the thing is, is to forgive people from your heart. That's what God said. It says, you know, that we forgive people from our heart, like in our hearts. So where is your heart at? Is your heart soft towards God in every area of your life? Or is it uh, God everywhere except there? Because we've given our whole lives to God and we have to work out our whole lives towards him. And sometimes it's doing the hard work of forgiveness that God calls us to do. But forgiveness is a process. But forgiveness is an expression of our thankfulness to God for what he has done for us. God has forgiven you. He gave you the lottery when in that moment you were saved. He's given you the lottery. He's given you full life. Are you thankful for it? 
So what I'd like to do now, I'd like to ask um, Matt and the team to come up, Mike and the team to come up, and um, we're just going to create a time where you can you can give um, you can just explore the thoughts that God's been speaking to you while we've been through this sermon, while we've been talking, and just give things to God. Like have a moment of yes, God. I want to forgive that person. So why don't we just take a moment to stand? Why don't you reach your hand out to God, close your eyes, and just have a very private moment with you and God. Don't worry about the person person next to you. Just, just uh, let the video screen of your mind and of your life go through your head and ask God, who do I need to forgive? Who am I treating differently that I'm not really, I'm, I'm like this, this unmerciful servant who can be forgiven but can't forgive others? Who am I doing that to? And if you feel led and you want to pray with someone about that, uh, we'd love you to come up and we can pray with you. If you want to stay where you are in your seat, that's fine too. But let's create a moment where we just reach out to God and we just give him the things that we've been able to not forgive people for. Because we can do that in our heart. This is a heart work. Thanks.